you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hi, I'm your host, Susan Rosen. Today's subject is heat stroke and other heat-related conditions. I thought that since it's still early in the summer months, that now would be a good time to discuss how to stay cool. I don't know how it is where you are, but here in California, our hottest months are coming up. They're usually mid-August through mid-October, and right now we're in mid-July. As we get older, we actually get more susceptible to the heat and to heat-related issues. Your body's temperature is controlled by a part of your brain, the hypothalamus, that makes you start sweating when it feels the body temperature go up, which depletes the water in your system. It also dilates blood vessels in our skin and moves warm blood up to the surface of your skin to try and cool it off and get rid of it. As we age, the temperature goes up where we get thirsty, start sweating and feeling uncomfortable which then reduces the effectiveness of these mechanisms. And that means essentially that we can become overheated faster than when we were younger. One more thing that doesn't work as well, but this one can end up being very serious if we don't pay attention. There are more than 600 deaths in the US each year due to extreme heat exposure. And there are, I don't know how many others who have physical and or mental conditions because of it as well. So let's jump in and we'll start looking at a few more details. We're gonna start by looking at the four levels of heat-related warning signs or conditions. The first are heat cramps. And these are muscle cramps, spasms, or aches. We're all familiar with that to a certain degree often described as feeling like you've pulled a muscle. And it can happen in your legs, arms, or in your abdomen, which is kind of strange. Normally, after you've done some kind of activity that caused you to start sweating. The sweating makes you dehydrated because it's using up the water that you have, water and salt actually, that you have in your body. And those are really the two main things that your muscles need to work correctly. You may also be more tired and thirsty than usual, which would kind of go with using up all the water. To feel better, you need to go inside somewhere cool, get something to drink and sit down until you feel better. I think we've all been through that. The second condition is called heat syncope. I've never heard of this before. Interesting. Syncope is another word for fainting. And that's what happens at this point. You're suddenly dizzy or you actually faint. I think we've all had that feeling when we've been standing or exercising out in the heat. Or if you quickly stand up after sitting in the sun or the heat. 
At that point, your body temperature may also be going up, and you're probably pale and sweaty and could also be slightly nauseous. Most of us, I think, would notice, but we probably wouldn't pay it much heed. Third is heat exhaustion, which you've probably heard used a lot, especially if you either participate in or watch athletics on TV or in person that are played in the heat. At this point, your body temperature will have risen over 101 degrees and your pulse and breathing may be starting to speed up. Some other symptoms would be a headache, blurred vision, profuse sweating, cold and clammy skin, nausea and or vomiting, and continued weakness or fatigue, along with dizziness, lightheadedness, and perhaps even loss of consciousness. If you don't get some kind of treatment for heat exhaustion, you can end up with heat stroke, which is the most serious of all of these. Heat stroke causes irreversible brain damage in 20% of the people who get it. Other outcomes can be seizures, coma, organ failure, or even death. Remember that it's always considered to be a medical emergency, and you should treat it as such if it's you or someone you're with who you think is experiencing heat stroke. Always call 911 and get medical help as quickly as possible. Turns out there are actually two kinds of heat stroke. One is called classic, and the other is called exertional. You can probably figure it out for yourself. Classic usually occurs during heat waves and especially when there's high humidity to people who have medical conditions, are on certain medications, or are over 70 years old, or just don't drink any water while they're out in the heat. Exertional heat stroke usually occurs to healthy, active people, like young athletes, for instance, within hours of exercising or over-exercising in hot weather. So that can happen actually when they're done exercising. They go and sit down, they go in someplace inside or maybe stay outside, but that's when they start having all of these same symptoms as you do in just the typical heat stroke. Interestingly, when people have classic heat stroke, their skin is usually hot and dry because the body has already stopped trying to cool itself down with sweat. So you're not sweating anymore. With exertional heat stroke, people are probably still sweating profusely as the body keeps trying to cool itself down. With both kinds, their body is very hot. It might be up to 106 degrees but don't rely on a thermometer because it may not be accurately reflecting their body temperature. Here are some additional symptoms to look for over and above what we've already gone through for both heat exhaustion and heat stroke. Person might have a severe headache, a rapid and strong pulse, muscle weakness, shallow breathing, delirium, confusion, or combativeness, or be bizarre behavior. They could also be staggering or even be unconscious, which I think I mentioned before. Here are a few things that you can try to help someone with while you wait for medical help 
to arrive. And that's move the person or yourself, if you're the person who's having the heat stroke, to a cooler place. Inside a building, someplace where it's air conditioned, any of that would be helpful. Get them to drink water with electrolytes, for example, a sports drink like Gatorade, or if, you know, if they can, just get water into them. The electrolytes do help because the sweating has sweated out a lot of the electrolytes that are in our body. Pour water on them. Take them someplace cool with cool water like a pool, lake, or a river. To help prevent any of these heat-related conditions and heat stroke in particular, remember to drink lots of water and stay hydrated. Enough to match what you've lost in sweat. Take baths and showers when it's hot as the water conducts the heat off of you. Wear clothes that breathe and are in light colors. Remain indoors and in air conditioning as much as you can. Look for community centers to go to, movie theaters, libraries, shopping malls. Well, you get the idea. Cut back on your level of physical activity, particularly during the hottest part of the day and especially if it's outside in the sun. I know that sometimes when it's really hot here, I try and get up early to go out for my walk. Usually I will walk in the middle afternoon, but when it starts to get warm, that's when I get up early and I go out and I take my walk typically before I even eat breakfast because I know that I start to sweat a little more and it's just not as comfortable and I don't get as good of a walk. You can run errands or go out during the morning or in the evening when it's cooler. And if you take any medication or have anything like heart or liver or kidney, other kind of disease, be sure to talk with your doctor before the weather gets hot to see how it may affect you or what you need to do to stay cool. As always, remember that I am not a doctor and whatever I talk about on this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. Head on over to my website, healthytipsafter50.com to listen to my other podcasts and read the blog posts that I've put up. They all have additional information about this and other subjects. And if you sign up for updates, you'll get a copy of my free ebook, 10 Things Your Grandmother Got Wrong. That's it for today's show, and I'll look forward to talking to you next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.